0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. As we said, we're starting a new uh, sermon series today called At the Movies, and this is one that we do every summer just to kind of build momentum going into fall. And so this is a fun one to invite friends to uh, so, And then afterwards, I know I've had several students say they want that Mario Brothers poster. Uh, after the series is over, we put out a thing and we, we auction these posters off and all the proceeds goes to missions. So if you want that, you can get Otherwise, I'll show you where I bought it for $11. So, um, but it's much cooler to have the one that was at church, right? So, uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. So... Today's movie we're gonna and what we do is we just learn truth from these movies now you guys watching online I apologize we don't have the license to stream the movie clips online Uh, We do in-house but we can't so you'll just kind of hear blank while the clips are going. I apologize, but you'll still get what the message is about Uh, now How many guys are 40 or above? How many are 40 or below 40 here? So those of you who are in their 40s and below have grown up with Mario. you realize that? The character Mario has been around since 1981. Anyone know the very first video game he was in? Donkey Kong, the arcade Donkey Kong. He was a little guy at the bottom fighting the big monkey to get the girl. Uh, And so Mario's been around since 1981. And, you know, the generation I grew up in, mine, I was born in 1978. And so, you know, my generation has seen Mario pretty much our entire lives. But in 1985, a video game came out called Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and that was his first time in the Mushroom Kingdom. And so Mario's been around forever. And he's always just been this little guy. And there was a, one movie back in the 90s that was not very good. Mario. I mean, just quality-wise, it wasn't very good. So they came out with this new one this year called Super Mario Brothers. And uh, people in my generation and below were excited Um, And it's a great movie. It's a great story. So I'm going to show you the trailer and then we'll get into the message here. This is kind of the gist of the movie. So if you haven't seen it, there's kind of the gist of the movie. But at its core, the Mario Brothers movie is really a movie about facing your fears. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like you were too small or too insignificant to do what God is asking you to do. I know I have. And that's really kind of the gist of the whole movie. He's out trying to save his brother, Luigi, who's kind of afraid of everything and in the movie. And so... It's really about facing their fears. Mario is really afraid about, of letting his family down, letting his brother down. Luigi, as I said, was just kind of scared of everything, uh, you'll see. Princess Peach is really afraid of not being able to protect her country from Bowser. And Bowser, the bad guy, is kind of afraid of being alone, as you'll see later. Um, so what is it that causes us to be afraid? What is it that causes us to feel like we're not good enough? Well, if you look in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua's kind of in the same boat. Joshua has just taken over command of the entire nation of Israel. over a million people. He was Moses' second in command. Moses died, and all of a sudden, Joshua's the man. Uh, you ever felt like you've had a lot of people counting on you before? Not to fail. Joshua felt that pressure, and this is what God tells him. In Joshua chapter one in verse nine, the Lord says this: "This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Say that word again courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And guys, this is what God tells us all the time, right? Don't be afraid because I'm with you. But there's a lot of stuff in this world that makes us afraid, isn't there? There's a lot to be scared of. There's a lot to be worried about. There's a lot of stuff that's bad out there. And um, I was really proud of our students for for really pushing in and going against fears at camp this week. And so we're going to talk about a couple of things that make us afraid. What is it that causes us to step back and not really do what God has asked us to do? Well, first, I think a lot of times we feel like we're not capable. You ever feel like you don't have the tools to do what God is asking you to do? All the time. I think about 90% of being a leader is acting like you know what you're doing, we you really don't. Like, I mean, a lot of times it kind of feels that way. I'm just going to follow Jesus and, and try to do the best. So Mario and Luigi in this movie, they were plumbers with another guy named Spike. And they, they had this dream of owning their own plumbing company in Brooklyn. They wanted to, to step out. And so they stepped out. They took a chance. And they sank their life savings into making this new company and making a commercial. So I'm going to show you a little clip here, kind of what that looked like. You ever felt that way? And you know, guys, sometimes we, we just feel like we don't have the skills for what God has called us to do. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 4, Moses kind of has the same deal that Mario had. God is telling him, I want you to lead my people out of captivity. That's a big job, right? And Moses had grown up in the castle, you know, he knew, but then he took off and he left and he didn't feel capable. And listen to what Moses said in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Moses pleaded with the Lord, "O oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled." Then the Lord asked Moses, "Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak, hear or don't hear, see or don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I'll instruct you on in what to say." You ever felt like that? God, I can't do that. I, I can't be a dad. I I don't know what I'm doing. I can't, I can't do this job. I, I have no idea how to do that. I can't step out and start a ministry. I don't know what to do. I can't work with kids. They terrify me. I don't know what to do. We've, we've all said those kind of things. And what does God say to Moses? I'm the one that gives you the ability, right? So guys, if God has called you to be a parent, if God has called you to be a husband or a wife, if God has put you in a position of leadership at work or maybe just working somewhere, he'll give you the skills, He'll give you the abilities. You just have to step out in, here's that word, faith and courage, right? You have to step out and do it. Sometimes we feel like we're not the right person for the job. There's this great story in Judges chapter 6 where there's a guy hiding. Uh, Israel's being oppressed by the Midianites. It's this other nation, the really rough folks. They came in, they were oppressing them, they were taking their land, taking their crops. And so this guy named Gideon is hiding, literally hiding from the Midianites. And he's, he's threshing grain. Usually you do that up on a hill. You know, you kind of beat the grain and the wind strips away all the stuff that's not grain, all the chaff. He was doing it in a wine press, which is really hard and hot because he was in hiding. And the Lord shows up and you know what the Lord said? Greetings, mighty man of valor. And Gideon kind of went, and he literally said, Are you talking to me? <laughs> and God said, yeah, I'm going to go in the strength that you have. And he sent Gideon out, and Gideon was terrified, and asked him over and over again, will you, will you give me more confirmation? Will you give me more confirmation? Guys, I want to tell you something today. You may be sitting here, or you may be watching online at home, and you may be saying, I have no idea how to do this job. I have no idea how to be a godly husband and godly wife. I, I didn't see this growing up. I don't know how to, how to be a Christian at work, because it's just so hard. They, they irritate me so bad, or, or you know maybe it's so hard to stand up for my faith in school, Guys, so often God sees things that we don't see in ourselves. He looked at Gideon and said, go in the strength that you have. And Gideon said, I don't have any strength. And God said, yeah, you do. I gave it to you, right? God will give you that strength. God sees what you have and he puts you in positions that he wants you to be. And so sometimes we feel like God taps the wrong person. Maybe he forgot who we really were, but he sees things in us. And sometimes we we feel like we didn't hear right. We didn't hear correctly. Did I really hear God say that? You ever do that? did God really tell me to go talk to that person? Did God really tell me to marry this person? Did God really tell me to do this job? And so I love that Mario and Luigi were willing to give up everything to chase this dream that they had. And you'll see later, Mario's given up everything to find his brother. They get separated, and his brother gets thrown into Bowser's kingdom, and he, he's trying to save him, even though he's a little guy. And Bowser's huge. We see Gideon and Moses have these who-we moments, right? And we often have the same thing. So if God has called you to do something, what are you willing to give up to follow? What's he asking you to give up? Is he asking you to give up your comfort? Is he asking you to give up maybe some finances? He's telling you to give a gift or or do something or give up time to go help somebody. What are we willing to give up? So sometimes we just feel like we don't have the skills. We don't have, we're not capable. And then sometimes we feel like we're not important. Sometimes we feel like we're not important enough to do what God has shown us to do. And guys, sometimes we feel that way because other people have told us that. Sometimes we feel that way because we thought, if God really knew who I was on the inside, well, guess what? He does. He's the one who made you. And he knows. We we can't hide stuff from him, right? And he knows. And there's a scene where Mario gets taken into the mushroom kingdom. He's trying to find the princess so he can team up and go find his brother. And she says this great line here. You'll see this. You ever, uh, you ever had someone say that about you? Yeah, they're, they're not important. And maybe they don't say it in those words, because that would be rough. But sometimes they say it in, in the way that they do or the way they don't pay attention to you or, or things happen. Sometimes we just feel like we're not important. So, or people say this. You ever get this? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to try to chase that dream? Who do you think you are to go after that? You're, you're, not, you're not big enough. You're not important enough. There's a line in the movie where she tells Mario, yeah, you can't come with me because you're a little tiny person. You can't can't go up against him. In Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, there's this prophet and God tells him, he's a young kid. He's a young guy. People think he's probably a teenager. And God tells him to go prophesy to the nation of Israel. And Jeremiah says, I I can't do that. In Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, He says, I can't do this. And the Lord says this. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I want you to hear that again. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sorry, Lord. I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And guys, some of you feel like you're an accident. Maybe you've been told you're an accident. Maybe you've been told, you know, we, we weren't planning on having another kid, but you know, well, here you are. I had a, a girl I used to work with. We used to go into schools and, and teach sex ed classes. We actually taught abstinence classes, taught kids to wait till they were married to have sex because it was better. The, the, the state paid us to do that. It was amazing. I remember, I was in the school and I was talking. There was one lady who was talking with me. Her mom was on birth control, her dad was using birth control. And she still came. She said, I have like a .00005% chance of being here, and here I am. And she said, I think God, Well, she couldn't say God, but she said, I think there's a plan for my life, right? And so, guys, some of you have been told, you know, you're not important. You, were, you weren't supposed to be here. Maybe you're adopted, and you feel like, you know, nobody wanted me. But, yeah, God does. And I love that he says, I knew you before I formed you. You weren't an accident. And so sometimes, guys, we feel discounted because of our age. We feel like we're too young. Nobody's going to listen to us because we're too young. Sometimes we feel too old. Nobody's going to listen to me. I'm an old person. What can I say to them? How can God use me? I'm too old. How can God use me? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, right? Sometimes we feel like we don't have the experience. But I love what the Lord tells Jeremiah. Don't say I'm too young. Let me tell you, don't say I'm too old. God will tell you what to do. Sometimes we, we feel discounted because of our status. Nobody's going to listen to me because I'm not from the right family. I'm not from the right part of town. I don't, I don't fit in. I don't belong. Well, Mario's is a human in a land of mushrooms, so, you know, he, fit, he didn't fit in either, right? We don't feel like we don't have the education. Maybe, again, people tell us, who do you think you are? And sometimes we feel discounted because of our own self-perception. Guys, some of you have been told your entire lives you're not good enough. Maybe in those words, people just say you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not educated enough. Sometimes they tell you by their actions. They, they don't love me. They left me. They deserted me. They gave me up. They divorced me, whatever. Sometimes we, we feel that way. We feel like People don't care, but listen to the words of the Lord. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God sees you. He cares about you enough to create you. You weren't an accident. You're not just some random set of cells that came together and out pops a baby, right? God formed you. In the Psalms, David talks about how God knit him together in his mother's womb. It's this picture of forming something. So you're, you're not an accident. God cares about you. And, and if he's put you on this earth, he's put you here for a reason. But so many times we tell ourselves, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But you are in Christ. In yourself, yeah, you're not. <laughs> in yourself, we can't do this on our own. We can't live this life on our own. We've shown that, right? But through the power of the spirit, through Christ working in us and through us, we can do what? anything he's called us to do. So if he's put you there in that family, if he's put you there in that job, he'll give you the ability. And so, and then last, sometimes we we feel like our dreams are out of reach. You ever felt that? God has given you this picture of what he wants you to do, or he's given you this idea of what he wants you to do, and you just feel like that's never going to happen. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a young man named Joseph God gave Joseph a dream uh, and it's, it's kind of a picture of like, he's got 12 brothers and sisters and his parents and he sees them all bowing down to him in these different dreams. And so Joseph pipes up is, hey, someday I'm gonna rule over all y'all. That's the Southern version, all you guys. If you're from the New England, all you right? But he said, I'm gonna rule over you. And they said, are you really? And so instead of him ascending to his dream, they sell him as a slave. They were going to kill him. One brother talks him out of it. They sell him as a slave. Then as a slave, he kind of, God gives him favor. Then he gets uh, charged with something he didn't do. And then he ends up in prison. He gets forgotten about. And then eventually he becomes second in command of the whole nation of Egypt. He was an Israelite in Egypt. The odds of that are just minuscule, but God did it, right? You know how long it took Joseph to get there? 13 years. It took 13 years to get where God had told him he was gonna be. And it wasn't just 13 years of sitting and waiting and doing this, it was 13 years in prison or as a slave, being falsely accused, being forgotten about, 13 years. And so sometimes we feel like our dreams are out of reach. Now in the movie, uh, Bowser's the big bad guy, the big bad turtle with an attitude, and he's huge. But in the movie, in all the Mario games, Bowser's always kidnapped Princess Peach. It's always this kind of, it's just this thing. Right. Well, in the movie, we find out he does it because he's in love with her. And so he wants to marry her. And his whole idea is we're going to get married. and We're going to rule the world. And she's like, you know, that's kind of how she said it in the movie. And so you see this Bowser's kind of pouring out his heart here in this scene. I apologize. You're going to be singing that song all day now. But Bowser felt like he was never going to be able to get there, right? He felt like it was never going to happen. In Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, we see that that God gave Nehemiah a dream. Nehemiah was in exile. Jerusalem had been destroyed. He was in another land. And and God gave him favor with the king there. He was the king's cupbearer, which means he had to taste things before the king did make sure it wasn't poisoned. And so God gave Nehemiah this dream of rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem, putting the city back together. And so God gave him favor with the king. He was able to go and do it. But then the people around the nation didn't like that. And so they were opposing him all the time. He had this enormous dream of rebuilding the walls. And God did incredible things to him. If you've never read the book, it's an incredible little book. They rebuilt the walls in 52 days. Should have never been able to happen. But in Nehemiah chapter 4, he runs into some opposition. Sanballat who was a a king in another land near them, was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stone from this rubbish heap, uh, charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would fall even if a fox walked on the top of it. So they had this dream, and they were getting mocked. They were told, your dream is never going to happen. Can't happen. And so, guys, sometimes we feel like there's just too much opposition. We feel like there's too much coming against us. God had given them a dream, but the people around them were opposed to that. They were told it couldn't be done. They were told they'd be attacked if they tried. And so... I love in the movie, uh, several times people tell Mario, you just don't know when to quit. You ever been told that? You don't know what's good for you. You don't know when to give up. And eventually in the movie he says, you know, I feel like that's a good thing. And guys, so many of us have had things come up in our lives. And there's a a great book by, um, oh my goodness, I just totally blanked on his name. Wilkin, I believe it is. It's called The Dream Giver. It's a great, great book. And... In the book, he says, when God gives you a dream, there's going to be several things that come up against you. And one of those, he calls them bullies. People are going to come into your life who tell you you can't do it. And sometimes it's because they're threatened, because they feel like if you step out and go after what God has given you, then it's going to make them uncomfortable. Sometimes people just want to keep us where we are because it makes them feel better about themselves. And other times they're just literally just coming against you because that's just what they do. Maybe Satan is using them. Maybe they're just not happy with you. But we're all going to have people tell us, you can't do it. You cannot do what God has asked you to do. There's too much opposition. Sometimes we feel like we don't deserve it. I don't deserve to have God do this in my life. I'm not a good enough person. How could God love me? I don't deserve this. I can't make this. And, you know, it's true, we're not good enough, but Jesus makes us good enough, right? Right? Jesus makes us able. And if God has given you that dream, he's going to make you deserving of it because he loves you. Not because you are good enough in yourself, but because he loves you. So sometimes we just feel like we don't deserve it. We don't deserve to have that dream. And lastly, sometimes we just feel like it's going to take too long. It's going to take too long to come to fruition. Again, look back at the story of Joseph. Joseph didn't give up, even though it took him 13 years to see his dream come true. Guys, some of you, you have this dream of, of having a godly family that serves Jesus, but you're just running into opposition. Sometimes you, you have this dream of having a, a healthy family. Maybe you have a dream of, of maybe someday doing a ministry that you just feel like is impossible. Maybe you feel like, you know, you have this job or this dream of moving up in work so you have influence over people and you can share Jesus with them. Don't give up. Even though it feels like it's taken a long time to get there, don't quit. Keep going after it. Because you just never know what God's going to do. When the Jews went to rebuild this wall, they thought it was going to take forever. But you know how long it took them? 53 days, 52 days, something like that. It's amazing how God did it. Sometimes it's really quick, sometimes it takes a long time, but don't give up on the dream that God has given you. Don't give up on that vision that God has given you for your family, for your marriage, for your job, for your future. Maybe you say, you know, I, I'm just, I'm too old. God could never do that in me. God could never do that through me. Don't quit. You never know. I love Billy Graham. Billy Graham is one of my heroes. That guy preached up until almost the end, didn't he? He reached more people for Jesus than anybody in history besides Jesus himself. And he just kept going. And even after he died, guys, check this out. They're retaking old videos of Billy Graham crusades, translating them in other languages and showing them on TV in other countries. You know what's happening? People are giving their lives to Jesus in record numbers. He's dead, and he's still reaching people. So you never know what God's going to do through you. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. If you're physically able, would you stand this morning? We're going to take a moment this morning and pray. And and guys, I just really sense that some of you are here today and you're really conflicted because God has been telling you one thing and everybody else in your life has been telling you something else. Maybe you've been telling yourself something else. You're here today and you just feel like that can never happen. Or maybe you just feel like, you know, I really want to go for it, but I am terrified. You're in good company. Most people in Scripture were. So Lord, this morning, I thank you that you've given us the ability to do what you called us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you're giving people today dreams and visions of what you want in their lives. Maybe maybe they're, they're seeing pictures of what their family could look like down the road. Maybe they're seeing and you're just giving them ideas of what you can do through them that they never thought possible. Lord, I pray that you would fill us today with faith and courage. To step out and do what it is you've called us to do, like this little plumber from Brooklyn that, that saved an entire kingdom. Lord, you can use us just as you used people all throughout Scripture and all throughout history to reach people for you. And Lord, you can change things that have happened in the past. Lord, some of us have family histories that aren't that great, but you can start anew in us and change our future through the power of the Spirit. Lord, some of us I feel like we can never do what it is that you've put in our minds to do, but we know we can through the power of the Spirit. So I just pray that you'd fill us today with hope and courage and faith. So I'm asking ask you this morning to close your eyes right where you're at. And if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I don't have this relationship with Christ that you're talking about. I've never asked Jesus to, to come in and, and forgive my sins and make me new, but man, I want to do that today. I want to start that relationship today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you today where you are. yeah. We want to pray this morning with those who've indicated they want to pray. And I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me all across this room. And this is not some magical thing. This is just you talking to Jesus. And if you mean this in your heart, the Bible says you've become a brand new person. That Jesus forgives all of our sins and makes us new. So everybody say this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for giving me grace that I could never deserve. So I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me for all my mistakes. Please come into my life and make me new. Make me alive in Jesus. Help me to live for you every single day. Jesus' name.